Welcome to the She's Up Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Coach Kimberly International, featuring conversations and actionable insights that equip women in STEM to lead in today's VUCA world. Welcome to the She's Up Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Jackson. In this episode, I have the honor of visiting with Nikki Bishop. Nikki has served in positions at Emerson and Siemens and is currently the Vice President of Customer Success at Seek Corporation. She is a professional engineer who loves the technical realm, but also has an insatiable curiosity and drive to unlock the best in people. Nikki has an innate ability to see the superpowers of people and to leverage those superpowers to achieve business outcomes. She is frequently the bridge that connects the technical experts with the business world and can translate complex technical topics into actionable information. Nikki loves people, technology, and being the driving force behind a successful business outcome achieved through teamwork. Nikki, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me again. Our conversation today, I know that you are... um, a big believer and proponent for champions and mentors. And so I want us to talk about that. And I know you have a a particular person that you'd like to kick off and share a story about. Um, So I'll hand it over to you. Yes, I am a very big proponent of champions. And if you'd asked me early in my career, you know, what's going to be the number one success factor for you? I wouldn't have said champions but it has just developed into that. And I can actually go back even further now that I think about it than the story that I had in mind in that I had a champion very, very early. I would say I was 11-ish when I started building and racing RC cars, which you can imagine, I was certainly the minority (laughs) as a girl in this RC car racing circuit. But I had a technology teacher at the local high school who took an interest really wanted to foster that relationship. And so every Friday, I got to leave my middle school and go to the high school technology lab and build and race these RC cars under the guidance of a senior engineer who had become a technology and engineering uh, teacher at a local high school. So really cool experience. But I go back, his name was Mr. LeMay. He's a great guy, right? He made us all learn how to do CAD drawings and real engineering. And here I was, this 11, 12-year-old kid you know, at the high school once a week. But those champion relationships are so important. And it's been no different in my professional career. I've had, if you look back at my LinkedIn page and you look at my career history, I've gone, jumped around a little bit, but I've gone Emerson Siemens and Emerson Siemens and now here at Seek. And some people will say, why in the world have you jumped around like that? And it's always been for champions, right? It's always been drawn to the person. The people that I highly respect, um, I'm drawn to intellectual horsepower. I'm drawn to challenging personalities. I love to foster those relationships. But I had one manager at uh, Siemens the first time I started there who really took an interest in me as somebody who was coming from one industry and into another, but took an interest to teach me the ropes, right? To, To really impart some of that knowledge. And now that wasn't an easy relationship because 
he was busy, he was overworked, he was stressed, he knew this industry backwards and forwards. And here I was, this super excited, like golden retriever puppy, just eager to learn and eager to absorb. So I had to I had to chip away at that relationship for quite a while. Um, but finally got into the good graces and earned that that place of credibility. And so I worked for a couple of years um, in that role and um, went back to Emerson and then ended up coming back to Siemens to work for the same individual. And, you know, I've maintained that relationship all through that time. And if you're not familiar with the industry, Emerson and Siemens are competitors. So to jump back and forth between the two is not necessarily a common practice, um, but I've always just maintained those relationships. It's people. You leave a job, you don't leave the people, you don't leave the connections. Um, and then a third time coming back into this role, I came back to work for the same person again. Um, again, drawn to intellectual horsepower. And at this point, it was understanding that he knew me authentically and knew what I was capable of, knew what I would be great at, and knew what would fulfill me professionally and personally. And so I knew that coming back into this role that he recommended would be perfect for me. And I was right. It was fantastic. I had a great relationship there. So, I mean, a champion early in your career, watering that relationship, nurturing that relationship, making sure that you stay connected is so important. And while I may not have that champion story to that level, right, that that intensity, I have many more champions, mentors, you know, colleagues that I've met over the years that are dear personal friends at this point because we really have fostered those relationships. I would love to know. Because when you use the phrase, you kept chipping away at that relationship. Um, what are some things that another um, young woman who's advancing in her career, you know, sometimes we can get really hesitant. Like we feel like, are we interrupting? Are we bothering somebody? Um, but yet, you know, we do need those mentors, they know so much. Um, could you give us an example of how to chip away um, to be able to, because, you know, Rome isn't built in a day. Right. And I think that's what you're getting at. So what are some things, um, you know, our, our young leaders can be doing to be able to develop that relationship with a champion? Um, I guess number one is be respectful of their time. Right. You do. Rec I do recognize that people are, um, you know, have crazy schedules and they're trying to achieve crazy goals and time is precious. But most importantly, be you. Right. Be authentic. I've you know, I'm I like to bake. I've always been the one who shows up at the office with homemade Christmas cookies and Easter cookies and such. And so be you, right? It was not outside of the realm of possibilities for me to pop into somebody's office and say, I made cookies, here you go, right? But because that's who I was, it wasn't a bribe. I just truly enjoyed, like I enjoyed that part of my life and I enjoyed sharing that. And I wasn't afraid to be the stereotypical girly things, right? I like pink, I like blues, right? I know girls don't always wear pink. But I like those things and I've always just been authentically me. Um, I do love engineering as well. I'm tough and argumentative, <laughs> super logical, and I love 
um, an intellectual challenge in a conversation. So I've, you know, part of nurturing that relationship is understanding what's important to the person you're trying to get in that mentorship relationship with, right? What do they value, right? And this particular mentor valued intellectual horsepower, wanted somebody who would challenge him and be confident in that challenge. And I was more than happy to step up to that one. It's really about just be you, be authentic, and you don't have to pretend to be anything. That's the things. If you're thinking, well, maybe I should, or maybe I should, listen to that voice in your head that's just telling you what to do. What would you do if your friends were at your house, right? It's it's really no different because whether you're at the office or you're at home, we're all people. We all have the same emotional capacity, and the same thing that works for your relationships at home work for your relationships in the professional world. You know, right now there's so much going on around um, psychological safety in the workplace and resilience and agility. When you're talking about be you and be authentic and you know just be real with people, I feel like there are people who are very hesitant or resident to to really do that. Cause you know, it's like, we all want to be seen and known, but then a lot of us can have like an imposter syndrome or that whole fraud complex. Right. Yeah. And so when you're approaching a champion, especially someone you look up to and you respect, it can get, you know, I feel like people can have some stumbling blocks in being you because sometimes it's a risk that you take. Um, but it sounds like, you know, it's it's a risk worth taking. Um, it's certainly a risk worth taking because if you don't take that risk and you aren't authentic, then you're stuck in that. It's not even an imposter syndrome. You actually are being an imposter and it's so uncomfortable, right? You have to overthink it. It's so much easier to just be you, right? Go with your gut. Now, there are times when people may think that you are an imposter and you're over genuine, right? If you're somebody who really is like, hello, good morning, how are you, right? Which is typically how I am, even on a Monday morning. Some people think you're just putting on, right? That you, you are, a, that is your imposter. But eventually they get to know that that's just authentically you. Now, I'm not saying you have to be that person, just be you, right? If you're quiet, be quiet. If you're boisterous or cheerful or just be you. We're all, we're all humans. Um, and I certainly value that about my current, I won't even say boss leader, just leader at Seek. I mean, Lisa is so authentically true to herself and her leadership style. And she is one person across professional, personal. I've seen her, you know, with family, I've seen her with colleagues and it's just really refreshing to see somebody in that position, so successful, but yet so authentically themselves. It's great to be able to have a living, breathing example, right? That you can look up to. Um, when when you mentioned intellectual horsepower, which I'm like, oh, I really like this phrase. <laughs> when you're having some conversations with champions, I know we're doing a lot of that because we want to grow right? And we want to connect. What are some of the types of leadership talks? You know, what were some of the tips or pieces of advice, whether it was said or you got to witness it? What were some of the things that some of your champions have poured into you? One of my favorites, and somewhere around here, I have a little sign and it says, what would you do if you weren't scared? 
And it was a lady who came to talk to us from the University of Texas, part of the diversity and inclusion initiative there. And it was, what would you do if you weren't scared? And it's such a powerful phrase because it is fear that holds us back from doing that thing you think you should do or should you apply or should you reach out, right? You're at a conference. It's like, oh, I want to talk to the speaker, but I'm scared, right? What would you do if you weren't scared? And I think that's also our choices in in business, right? What initiatives would you put in place if you weren't scared someone would think they were stupid or what changes would you make if you weren't scared that it would be too hard, right? There's a there's a common thread of fear in there. And I still use that. What would you do if you weren't scared? Actually, just this week, I had a conversation about that, right? What would you do if you weren't scared? Okay, we're doing this. Um, that's one of my favorites. I mean, I have a ton of, I've gotten a ton of advice from, you know, women leaders, particularly around diversity and inclusion. Uh, I've always been really close to those initiatives. But the, what would you do if you weren't scared has been my favorite. I really like that. I'm going to be certain to put that in the show notes as a reminder to people. Great. Um, you, you also mentioned that when just because you've left a role or a job, it doesn't mean you left the people. And as an executive coach, I have a lot of conversations with clients where I need to remind them to look up and look out. We can get to be so busy and have so much work and back-to-back meetings and, and you know, going after the business outcomes that sometimes we forget to stop and connect with people. And you've intentionally stay in touch with people. Um, can you give us a little bit of insight as to how you go about doing that with as busy as you are? You clearly make it a priority. I will say it's not easy. Right. People will think that, oh, oh, but you're good at that. You always stay connected and you, you know, maintain relationships and you're the one we go to when we need to know somebody who does X. It's not easy. I mean, it is an effort. It is something that you have to be very intentional about. And the thing you have to draw is the frustration and fear that I'm not reaching out to this person because I've reached out three times and they didn't respond or I scheduled lunch with them three times and they didn't show up that's okay. You made the effort. You let them know you were thinking about them and that will carry through. Yes, it can be frustrating to be the one who's always coordinating the social activities. But when you flip that and you think, well, I have that position, right? People value me in that position and they're waiting for me and expecting me and valuing me to do it. That's what makes it worth it. But it's hard. It's hard. I mean, if you look at my daily text message thread, signal thread, WhatsApp thread, Facebook page, right? It is keeping in touch with all of the humans, (laughs) the air traffic control of social networks, professional networks, but I wouldn't have it any other way. And even in my family, right? I'm air traffic control in the family. Like who's doing what, who's going where, and when are we getting the house and what are we, you know, but it's, it's a lot of work, but it is so well worth it. That goes back to the, what would you do if you weren't scared? Right? What would you do if you weren't scared of rejection from this person? If somebody's worth reaching out to and they want to connect to them, just ask. You already have a no. That's another good piece of advice, right? You already have a no. If you don't ask or you don't do, you already have a no. So what do you have to lose, really? And I know I guess the other piece of that too is just be easy, right? That's not like, hey, let's meet at happy hour and get dressed up. It doesn't have to be that, right? I'm the come over and let's sit on the couch and watch TV or sit in our PJs and just chill, right? I mean, you, you have to meet people where they are and where it fits. Um, 
no makeup meetups are one of my favorites, right? Just and just, I don't care if you haven't washed your hair in a week, let's meet up and have a coffee. Yes. Yes. Something that um, I've enjoyed that I kicked off right as the pandemic and the lockdown was starting. Um, And I've had the pleasure of you um, being with us is our connections over cocktails where we just get on zoom and it is, it's come as you are, grab whatever beverage and let's just hang out and not feel like we're doing our, you know, 30 second elevator pitch, you know, it's like you said, be, be real, be you. What's going on? What are you, what are you excited about? What are you working on big? What are you challenged by? You know, can I be there for you in some way? Um, You know, just offering that support. Well, before we wrap up, I know that as an engineer, you work with a lot of men and and thankfully more and more women, um, Mm -hmm. but a lot of men. What advice would you want to give to the men who are listening around champions? Um, Be real, right? Be real and be authentic because I see less of it now, but very early in my career, I felt like there were two personalities for people, particularly in the professional realm, right? You had your work self and you had your home self. And it was always interesting when you met somebody in the home self arena, like that's not the same person, right? He's not like that at work. I would say be real um, and be authentic is so important and give back, take some time, right? Take clear some time out of the calendar and invest in people. I know it's so uncomfortable right now because there's so much going on in the industry between, I guess in the world really, between men versus women and not overstepping and not making it a sexist thing it's still hard for women in STEM. We still are the minority. We're still very much trying to, you know, gain traction. So reach out and help, right? Offer suggestions, be a friend, listen, um, but also be a champion. Be willing to stand up for what's right, right? And this goes for men and women. You know, I've been in situations where whether we're nominating for an award or we're looking for a candidate and we'll say, okay, we want diversity candidates. It will be said that we want diversity candidates. And I'm the first one to stand up and say, no, we want the right candidate. It doesn't have to be looking for a female or looking for a diversity. Or if, if a male is the right candidate, great. So I think men have a strong voice. And I mean, women too, but, but for men to stand up for what's right and what's fair, even if it feels like it's bucking the latest women's initiative movement, if that makes any sense. Be real. Because I think people can tend to shy away from the initiatives that are moving along because they feel a little too extreme. The initiatives feel a little too extreme, so they just shy away. Mm -hmm. If you engage, you can shape those, right? You can shape those into what you feel is right. Well, Nikki, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. This was a wonderful part of my morning. That's it for this episode of the She's Up Leadership Podcast. As always, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. You can subscribe to She's Up on Apple, Google, Spotify, Audible, Alexa, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host and executive producer, Dr. Kimberly Jackson. 
founder and principal of Coach Kimberly International. Special thanks to our marketing manager, Sandy Lomas, and to audio engineer, Joseph Keenan, with Short Stack Studios in New York. We invite you to join us in our commitment to advancing women in leadership in STEM fields. To learn more about the She's Up movement, visit us at coachkimberly.com.